0: Scriptures require major changes in the Middle East which include peace, security and prosperity as is outlined in the words of Ezekiel 38 verses 11 to 12. Thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations and have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the midst of the land. Well, another major component is the continued normalization of... Israel and its Arab neighbors as we read in the next verse when these nations along with the Tarshish and young lion nations protest against Russia's future invasion. Verse 13 we read Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee are thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? We also find Saudi Arabia providing protection for the Israelis who flee during the coming invasion, predicting Ezekiel thirty-eight. We read in Isaiah twenty-one. The burden of Arabia, in the forests of Arabia shall ye lodge, O ye travelling companies of Dedanim. The inhabitants of the land of Timah brought water to him that was thirsty. They prevented or assisted with their bread him that fled. And they fled from the swords, from the drawn sword and from the bent bow and from the grievousness of war. And that's verses 13 to 15. Well, these passages and many other indicate a new page being turned in the relationship between the Arab states and Israel. They also indicate a decline in Western power in the region, albeit not a complete withdrawal. This week saw U.S. President Joe Biden traveling to the Middle East. His trip was very different from the last U.S. presidential trip. The policies of the two administrations are starkly different. Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital, moving the U.S. embassy to the city. He recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. He brokered the Abraham Accords, and bringing normalization between the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Sudan, and Morocco led the way for others to follow. Trump flew directly from Saudi Arabia to Israel, the first U.S. president to do this. Well, the legacy of Trump's administration continues. Joe Biden flew directly from Israel to Saudi Arabia, the first president to travel in this direction, Saudi Arabia also announced it would begin allowing Israeli planes to use its airspace permanently. Prime Minister Yair Lapid announced this as Air Force One departed, as the Times of Israel informs us. He said, We woke up this morning with happy news. The Saudi Aviation Authority have announced that they will be opening Saudi airspace to Israeli airlines. This is the first official step in normalization with Saudi Arabia. The decision will allow Israeli airlines to fly on a direct route to Asia and Australia. This will save vast amounts of fuel, time, and money. The savings will directly reach the pockets of Israeli citizens and lower the price of an airline ticket. I thank the Saudi leadership for the opening of Saudi airspace. This is only the first step. We will continue working with necessary caution for the sake of Israel's economy, security, and the good of our citizens. Well, next week, the Israeli Defense Force uh, Chief Lieutenant General Avi Kavi will travel to Morocco, the first ever official trip by an Israeli military head to the North African nation. However, what is the most significant in Biden's recent trip is what's not being said by this Democratic president. Michael Oren was the Israeli ambassador to the United States during Obama's administration, the first term, when Joe Biden was the vice president. In an interview with Eric Sheva, this is what he had to say on Saturday.
1: This is a really superb visit. Uh, it began with the president coming down and saying, I am a Zionist, uh, which may not sound so uh, earth shattering to Israelis or to Jews, but to people in his own party a progressive wing where Zionism has come almost a dirty word. That's an amazing thing for this president to say. Um, he has reiterated his support uh, for Israel security. It's really unequivocal support uh, and has reiterated his uh, undying commitment to ensuring that Iran does not acquire a nuclear weapon. It's equally important to note what he hasn't said, uh, Unlike uh, President Obama, he has not mentioned the 67 borders or Israel's need to return to the 67 borders. He has not uh, mentioned in any way a redivision of Jerusalem or a Palestinian capital uh, in East Jerusalem. Believe me, the Palestinians aren't happy with it. Um, so I think that this is, uh, for Israel, a sign that this is not, uh, this is not Obama 2.0. Uh, Joe Biden is a different president, and he is a, a dear and, and committed friend to the state of Israel.
0: Now not everyone would share Oren's enthusiasm. It is notable that Biden's administration has not been able to undo the work achieved by President Donald Trump's administration. A comparison made by Biden during his speech he gave in Jerusalem reveals the motive behind his policies. He likened the plight of the Palestinians to his Catholic background and the suppression under the British.
1: The old expression hope springs eternal. uh, My background and the background of my family is Irish-American, and uh, we uh, have a a long history of uh, not fundamentally unlike the Palestinian people with uh, Great Britain and their attitude toward Irish Catholics over the years for 400 years.
0: This really shows you his views on Israel and the Palestinians. Now, American retreat in the Middle East has forced the Arab states to start making connections with Israel. This was begun when Obama hit the big reset button, turning its back on Israel and Saudi Arabia at the same time, along with other Arab states, by making its infamous nuclear deal with Iran. This forced the Arabs to start normalizing relations with Israel, the only power in the area capable of doing something about Iran. This normalization brought about peace with the bonus of prosperity. The Trump administration negotiated the Abraham Accords across the region. Now, Melanie Phillips, a British journalist who writes for The Times, interviewed David Freeman, the former ambassador to Israel during Trump's administration. This past week, here are some of the excerpts from that interview, which are revealing regarding the Saudis, the Americans, and Israel. In light of what we are told in Bible prophecy,
2: I mean, the Saudis will normalize with Israel. Oh. I, I don't have any doubt about that. And and the tell, by the way, is the normalization with uh, Bahrain. You now, Bahrain wasn't uh, normalizing with Israel without Saudi acquiescence. And if you, you know, this, you know, the, the overflight stuff. Um, was big a couple of years ago. Um, I, I'm, I'm completely underwhelmed now by, by flights <laughs> uh, back and forth because you know I've taken these flights and you fly from Tel Aviv to uh, Dubai or Abu Dhabi or Manama. Ninety percent of the flight is over Saudi airspace. Now that was unthinkable uh, two years ago, but um, but if if that's the goal, you know, uh, get, you know, take take off and landing, I think we're selling ourselves way too short.
0: Phillips would later write in an article in Eretz Sheva commenting on Biden's itinerary to Israel. She said, In Jerusalem, Biden's itinerary was shaped to deliver a set of signals about the way his administration views Israel's, and those signals were not good, end quote. Well, in her interview with Friedman, he had the following to say about the visit to an Arab hospital in Jerusalem.
2: The the one that really bothers me is is this trip to uh, East Jerusalem. Yeah. I think it's going to Augusta Victoria to the hospital there. That's right. Um, I don't. I don't mind if uh, if the United States wants to throw some money at the hospital. I mean, the reality is money is fungible. If they throw it at the hospital, that's money that the Palestinian Authority can spend on someplace else. In most cases, paying terrorists. So it's not. It's not innocuous. You know, people think, "What's the big deal? You're giving money to a hmm. hospital." Now it's not. It's not giving money to a hospital. It's giving money to a, to the PA.
0: Friedman also expressed his disappointment that Biden went to Yad Vashem and not the Kotel or Western Wall. Phillips picked up on this and had the following to say.
1: Going
2: to Yad Vashem, I mean, this is a rather cynical take, but uh, in my experience, a lot of people who talk out of both sides of their mouths when it comes to Israel are very um, keen to associate themselves with dead Jews. Um, while yes. being very, very uncertain and unhappy and even hostile to the idea of what they would call Jewish nationalism, which is simply yeah. the Jews' ability or the Jew, the, the right of the Jews to, to uh, be a nation in their own ancestral homeland. And that's one of the things that the Western Wall uh, symbolizes, uh, the yeah. unbroken line of history between today's Israelis and the Jewish people since the dawn of their being. Um, And that's what people find so difficult. And that, to me, is what not going to the Western Wall, unfortunately, symbolizes.
0: What was completely obvious with Biden's visit to the Middle East is the lack of the ability of Biden to run a country like the United States. He has had a hard time finishing sentences, putting together coherent answers, and was seen several times in the past past few weeks reaching to shake hands with people who were not even there. He was confused and needed constant guidance as to where to go after struggling through a speech. He is obviously propped up by the people behind him. And that is the scary part. Listen to Friedman explained who is behind Biden when it comes to foreign policy and especially Israel.
2: If you look at the staff, I mean, the staff is, this is maybe the worst um, staff ever. Selected within the State Department and other agencies in terms of view towards um, Israel, you know, you've got Hedi uh, Amar, who's uh, I guess now the uh, the head of uh, he's head of something, some they've created some organization, but has to do with U.S. Palestinian relations. Um, uh, Mahir Bitar, who's uh, you know uh, one of the one of the most has one of the most vile records against of Israel. Even uh, uh, what's her name? Karine Jean-Pierre, the new spokeswoman who took over, um, has, you know, worked for anti-Israel organizations. Uh, and there are others. I mean, this is one this is really, you know, um, th- there's a huge disconnect between Biden's you know, self-proclaimed love of Israel mm. and the in the almost immediate staffing mm. around him of people that have some relation to the Israel file. Yeah, they they're 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 terrible.
0: When asked about why there is such an anti-Israel makeup of Biden's administration team, Friedman answered as follows.
2: Well, I I think that, you know, um, uh, a lot of this is a reaction to the Trump administration. I think a lot of people watched it unfold. And, you know, look, it was four years of almost no violence in the Middle East, you know, four years of unprecedented um, support for the state of Israel. And while that was predicted to result in a... Explosion of violence that actually resulted in an explosion of peace through the Abraham Accords, and um, and this has got people really upset because all of their, all of their, you know, all the things they studied, all their convictions, all their views for the past, you know, twenty five years, beginning with John Kerry's famous speech about, you know, how impossible it is to make peace without the Palestinians. It's all gone up, and now they're going to try to prove themselves right all over again. Hmm. So they've assembled, they've assembled kind of the worst possible team you know, around, you know, on this file to try to, you know, jumpstart a two-state solution. And, um, you know, the reason I don't get uh, too bent out of shape is because they're, they're going to fail. I mean, they're going to fail on all fronts. Uh, Israel's not going to play ball with them, even, uh, even if uh, I maybe I, I hope I'm not wrong, but I think even a uh, a center government or a center left government is not going to make the kinds of mistakes that were made in the past, because we've learned the hard way, you know, what, uh, what Oslo brought. You know, I, I don't think uh, Israel's prepared to do this again, I hope.
0: The scriptures are clear when it comes to attitudes to Israel, going right back to the first promise to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now God is very sensitive about his people whom he is in the process of redeeming and bringing back to himself as he states in Zechariah 2 verse 8. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. He that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. So God is not going to suffer the bureaucrats in what some Israeli journalists have called the Department of Hate to undo what he is doing in the region. However, he will use them to accomplish his purpose as he did Pharaoh in times gone by. Now, as many analysts have pointed out, the USA was energy independent under Trump until Biden came into office and started buying oil from Russia and Venezuela, pushing its green initiatives. The American oil supply fell into absolute chaos following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, according to the Council on Foreign Relations in April. Biden announced the largest release of oil reserves from America's strategic petroleum reserves in history, up to 1 million barrels a day for six months. Quote. Well, the reason for Biden's mission to the Middle East was to go cap in hand to an old ally they had snubbed since the election and ask for oil production to be increased. Fox News reporting. Saudi Arabia agreeing to increase oil production levels by 50% for July and August. A commitment coming after President Biden met with Saudi leaders earlier today. The White House says that move will help to stabilize global energy markets. As much as Biden wanted to snub Saudi Arabia, America has had to work with it. Ezekiel describes a latter day alliance and events are forcing the nations to comply. Well thankfully the angels are at work and regardless of man's machinations they will bring about the father's will. Remember the words of Gabriel explaining to Daniel why he was delayed in coming to answer his prayer, Daniel 10 verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days, but lo Michael one of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia, following his interview with Daniel. Gabriel was to return to the king of Persia and would be playing the long game, bringing the next empire onto the scene, as we read in verse 20. Now I will return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grisha shall come. So while we watch the finger of God at work amongst the nations, we can have full confidence that what God has promised, he is able to perform. We have every confidence that though the nations align against Israel, even within her allies, there are adversaries. God will work his will. For the Bible in the News, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you.